Thank you, Amy, for that. Praise the Lord. Hopefully, and probably did all recognize that as Christ the Lord is risen today. Yet another just exuberant, celebratory song of our Lord Jesus rising from the dead. Hallelujah. Well, so glad once again that you can all be here today. Before I start my message for this morning, I want to share a couple of things from you, uh, with you. First, we've been praying for our friend Scott, and I have very good news on that because for a while we weren't sure where that was going to go because uh, I had heard conflicting things, and it's very hard to get information out of the nursing homes, and that's understandable. They have some requirements there that prevent them from maybe saying everything to anybody. But uh, Scott is uh, off his ventilator and is doing better and is recovering. I had actually heard yesterday that he was doing much better, and they expected to take him off the ventilator today or tomorrow, but I just heard this morning that they actually took him off the ventilator yesterday. So uh, praise the Lord. We've been praying for Brother Scott. Brother Scott, as you know, I, I was just listening to that, uh, that very joyous rendition of that song that Amy was playing, and, and, uh, and it actually had him in my mind a little bit, because if you know Scott, you know that he is very exuberant in his love and in his praise for our Lord Jesus Christ. And so I don't have any more details than any of this, but we give the Lord praise and thanks, and we will pray and thank him for that again in a moment. And then the second thing that I want to say is I posted a kind of a little fun thing, but I posted in the uh, Facebook comments uh, this morning that uh, I had a little idea to maybe do something. We're not together, so I can't really bounce this off of people ahead of time like I might ordinarily, but I thought what we might do is if you have an opportunity uh, as you're gathered around and you're watching this, Take a picture of yourself and and your family or whoever else you might be watching this with and send that to me as a Facebook message, either to my own account, Louis DeVizia, or uh, to the the church account that you're watching this on, and I can receive it either way. Don't just post it online. Actually send it as a message. And then what I thought I might do is later on this afternoon, if I get enough responses, I'll create a photo album on the church Facebook page here, and then we can have a nice photo album of all of us uh, celebrating worship of our Lord together on Easter Sunday, okay? And that goes for you if, if you're watching this and you're not watching it live. Maybe you're watching it later in the day, tomorrow, during the week. I don't care if you're watching it a month or a year later. If you want, send us a picture. I can always add it to the album. These go up on YouTube after they're on Facebook as well. If you're watching it there, you want to send a picture over to us, we'd love to just be able to see each other as we're worshiping the Lord Together. If I get enough pictures from you, uh, I'll do that this afternoon. If I don't, no, no, no harm done. Okay, so God bless you, everybody. Let's bow before the Lord and pray now, and then we're going to spend a little bit of time in his word, and then we'll come back and sing another song. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, hallelujah. Praise your holy name. Lord, we thank you as we gather around wherever we're sitting right now. Thank you for hearing our prayers and many prayers on behalf of our brother Scott. I don't know that everything is finalized with him yet. I do know that he loves you and his faith in you is just all over how he talks and rejoices. And I rejoice in that, Lord. Thank you so much for that. Lord, 
if indeed it is your will that he would remain here with us, we thank you and we praise you for it. If it was your will that you were to take him to be with you, we thank you and praise you that we know that he knows you and by your grace he was saved. But the reports that we have over the last couple of days seem favorable from this side of eternity, Lord, and and I just rejoice and I thank you. I thank you. I thank you, Lord God, for all of the doctors and nurses and workers that you have bestowed wisdom upon to be able to help him and help so many other people. We thank you on behalf of our dear brother Scott. Thank you, Lord. We continue to pray about what's going on, Lord God, in our nation and all over the world. We know that you're in it. You're doing something. Your hand is at work. We don't know all what it is, but we know that we need to rejoice and recognize your hand in the good times and the hard times. And we, of course, know that we're not citizens of here anyway. We are pilgrims. Citizens of your kingdom. And so, Lord God, I pray that you would continue to guide the leaders of the various countries in the world, knowing that all power is from you. Give them wisdom to navigate through things. We pray for all of the doctors and healthcare workers and workers in other fields that are just essential to make society keep moving. We pray, Lord God, for them and remember them to you and thank you, Lord God, for them, and pray that you would help them and guide them with your wisdom as well. I pray for all the people of our church that you would help us to be wise and that your protection would be upon us. And in all things, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, Lord, as we turn to your word, I pray that you would be glorified and honored in this. Teach us, encourage us, Rebuke us, correct us, fill us with the knowledge of you that we might grow and through it all remain steadfast as your servants. If anyone's listening to this, Lord, who has not entered into the new covenant yet, has not received our Lord Jesus as Savior by your grace through faith, I pray that by your power you would bring them to yourself that they might believe and be saved. Thank you for all of your goodness, Lord. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray. Amen. I read the passage for you already in Matthew chapter 28, and I'm actually going to launch off from there and share from a couple of different passages for you because I want to talk about not just the fact that Jesus rose from the dead, which we know, but... I want to talk about the effect of Jesus rising from the dead. And there's two particular things that I want to say for our encouragement. Right now, the world is thinking about death. And we're maybe a little afraid because of some of the things that are going on. It's new ground, this way that the world is going right now. Or at least in our lifetimes, it certainly is. I think in all of the talking and thinking about sickness and death, we need to stop and talk about life. We need a message about life. We need a message about power. And you know what? God's got a message about life and power. And this event that we're celebrating today is right at the core, right at the foundation of it. 
Jesus rising from the dead was not just some casual thing that happened because God wanted it to happen or whatever. Listen, God worked in miraculous, amazing, unexplainable power to raise Jesus from the dead. You know, I've pointed this out in previous years, and in case you're watching and you've forgotten or you've never thought of this, when I read that story in the middle of our hymn singing, and we read about how that angel came and rolled that stone away, what did you not read? You did not read that Jesus got up and walked out of the tomb. That's because Jesus was already gone. The stone was rolled away so that his followers could go inside and look and see that he was gone. We are talking about a God of unimaginable, unmatchable power. There is no stone that can stop the Son of God from coming out of his tomb. Hallelujah. And so I want to talk today about that power of God that raised up Jesus from the dead. This story of the resurrection is the most important fact in history. It is the thing that absolutely seals and confirms that the gospel is true. It is, it is irrefutable that it happened. You have these four amazing accounts in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John that tell us about it. You have the followers of Jesus strangely and suddenly emboldened to lay down their lives to preach that he had risen from the dead. Listen, the evidence that Jesus rose from the dead continues in the world today. Even in the midst of all of the trouble going on in the world, there are people everywhere right now on this day worshiping a Jesus that they've never seen with their own eyes. Because we know that we will one day. And that's because he rose from the dead. And this resurrection from the dead is something that God brought about by his great power. And like I said, we need a message about power and life today. That's what the message of the gospel is. That same resurrection power that raised Jesus from the dead is also power for two other things, the same power. There's more than that, but I want to talk to you about two things this morning. That resurrection power is power over death, and that resurrection power is power to work in you and I. First, let's see how God's resurrection power is power over death. We have to back up a little bit to right before Passion Week, as we call it, started, and go to John chapter 11. And I want you to see the very familiar story of Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. And I want to point out to you something that if you're watching this and you're part of Fellowship Bible Church, you've heard it said many, many times. But let's just listen to it again. And if you've never heard this before, it is my honor to reveal this passage of Scripture, to read it to you. You can read it in the Bible for yourself, of course. John chapter 11, we are told of the story of a very personal, close friend of Jesus named Lazarus who had died. He had two sisters named Martha and Mary, and Jesus was very personal friends with them. So it was a time of great sadness in that family. And Jesus decided to go to Bethany, which was very close to Jerusalem, uh, after Lazarus had died, on purpose he went after Lazarus had died because he knew what he was planning to do, 
to, to visit and to bring forth this amazing miracle. And of course, the miracle that he did is that he raised Lazarus from the dead. And this is not removed very much from the, the, the Passion Week narrative because we're actually told that when Jesus entered Jerusalem for the last time before he was crucified and then rose from the dead, it was the witnesses of the resurrection of Lazarus from the dead who went all over the city spreading the word and talking about Jesus who was coming. So this played directly into what happened during that week. So in John chapter 11 and in verse 20 is where I'd like to start to read for you a little bit. John chapter 11 and verse 20. So Jesus comes to Bethany, and we pick it up there. Martha, now Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary, that's the other sister, was sitting in the house. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Now listen, he who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. And then looking right at her, I have no doubt, he says, do you believe this? And you need to think about that for yourself. Do you believe it? Look, we're in a world right now where we're worried about death and sickness and everything else. Here was Jesus before he went and suffered and died and rose from the dead, saying to someone whose brother had just passed away, what? Whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Shall never, never die. Wow. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. Are those conflicting statements? No. He's talking about the fact that while the physical body will suffer the effects of living in this temporary fallen world and grow old and die, or maybe, even, maybe not even grow old, but who you really are is not this body that you inhabit. Who you are is a living soul. As the Bible says about Adam, God breathed into him and he became a living soul. Who you are if you have faith in Christ, will never die. And listen to me, when Jesus then, a little bit after this, when Jesus rose from the dead, which we celebrate today, Jesus confirmed and proved that what he said here 
to Martha and what he said to so many other people in his life and what the word, what the Bible says down through the last 2,000 years is 100% reliable and true. And there's a reason why so many people in the world worship him because they hear these things and God's spirit moves on their heart and they come to a humble repentance and see that their sin has, has brought judgment upon them and yet they recognize that God poured out his wrath on Jesus for them and he rose from the dead after he died and and then they just grab onto it they cling to it they put their faith in him for the last 2,000 years as this gospel has been being preached people everywhere in the world have been putting the very fate of their eternal souls in his hands because they know that his resurrection from the dead absolutely confirms his power and his ability to save everyone who believes in him from death As a Christian, don't just sit around all day and think about death and sickness. Think about life. Jesus came to give life, abundant life, eternal life, everlasting life. Whoever lives and believes in him will never die. He went on to raise Lazarus from the dead and then he went on himself to rise from the dead. And if you come to Christ, if you will humble yourself, acknowledge your sin, because that's, that's really the issue. That's why Jesus died, you know, because there's so much sin. Every one of us is sinful. And God could just wipe us out and he'd be perfectly just because we are all professional violators of his holiness and his law but he loved us so much that he gave Jesus. And Jesus came, fulfilled the law in his life, defeated the power of sin in his death, and then defeated death itself when he rose from the dead. If you will come to him in faith, you will never die. That's a message that cuts right through coronavirus, wars and rumors of wars, earthquakes and famines in various places, and everything else. Jesus, in his resurrection, brings a message of life, power over death. There's a second thing in his resurrection, and that is that this is, this is, like, this is great because you don't just, we're, we're not just in this like holding pattern waiting for this power to work in us when we get to the end of our lives. The Bible says that this power, this resurrection power, this power that raised Jesus from the dead, for those who have faith in him and continue to walk in this life, that power can be at work in you now, changing your heart, giving you strength, causing you to grow in the knowledge of him. Turn to... uh, Turn to Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 15. Now the Apostle Paul is the human author of the book of Ephesians. God is the author of all scripture. He used different people to write it down and to deliver it to the people of the world and to his church. In Ephesians chapter 1, starting in verse 19 there is this incredible prayer that Paul 
writes down that uh, he is praying for the people of this church at Ephesus. And um, it actually starts a little bit before that, so I might as well start over in verse 15, which is the beginning of it. But I want to say something to you about the Apostle Paul first and this whole idea that God has power over death and that he has power to work in us, which is the second point here we're going to get to. The book of Philippians records, and for time's sake I won't turn there, but in Philippians chapter 1, if you read it for himself, I was thinking about this. Statistically speaking, the chance that you're going to die in the current crisis in the world is very, very small. You know that. Every single death is, from our perspective, a great tragedy. And we need to be praying for families and praying for people and comforting with all of our strength wherever we can. But statistically speaking, the number of people that have died in the world is almost immeasurable to the population of the world. So just based on statistics, and and there's also things you can do in your life to even make the chance a little less, right? I mean, ultimately, everything's in God's hands. Why am I pointing this out? The Apostle Paul is a person who, at one point in his life, faced a 50-50 chance that he was going to die. He was in prison because of his preaching the gospel, He had appealed to Caesar in Rome, and so they sent him to Rome, and he waited in Rome. And while he was waiting in Rome, he wrote some of these letters. One of the letters that he wrote, he wrote to the Philippian church, and in that letter, he revealed that he didn't know if he was going to die or not. And you know what his attitude was? His attitude was, I don't even know which is better. If I don't die, then I can stay here, and I can minister to you, and I can glorify God, and I can serve you. But if I do die, I depart from here and I go to be with Christ. Was Paul Superman? No. He was a man like us. But you know what he had? He had the same power that raised Jesus from the dead at work in his mind, in his heart, in his spirit. And it showed up in his attitude It showed up in what he said. It showed up in what he wrote. And when he wrote Ephesians here, he told that church that he was praying for this for them. Ephesians 1.15 says, Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. This is what he said, I'm praying for for you. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and, ready, What is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, look at this, 
according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality, all power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. Paul, who had that own power at work in him, writes to the people of this church and says, I'm praying for you because I want that power. I want you to know no, K-N-O-W. And the, the, the idea of no there is not just understand it in your head. The idea is when he says no, he's talking about an experiential knowledge. I want you to experience. I am, what he says is, I am praying for you that you would experience in your heart, in your mind, in your life. I want you to experience that same power that raised Jesus from the dead. You saw that it was at work in him, right? It was so strong at work in him that when he had a 50% chance of dying, he said, I don't know which is better. He's, he said, I pray that for you because God can work that in you as well. Listen, elsewhere Paul wrote to Timothy and he said, the spirit of the Lord is a, is a power of the Lord, is a power of, it's a spirit of power, not a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Right? Sorry, I kind of butchered that in quoting it, but you understand what I mean. The spirit of God is not a spirit of fear. That's that resurrection power. Power, love, and a sound mind. That is the power that he's talking about. Right? How do you find that? Well, you start by putting your faith in Jesus. And when things get hard, you continue to trust in Jesus. Coming to Jesus is not just punching a ticket for heaven. Coming to Jesus is laying down your life. I'm not mine anymore, I'm yours. And every day you're coming to him, Lord, Lord, my master, my king, thank you, I love you, work in me, fill me with your spirit. I struggle, I battle, forgive me of my sin, but work in me, fill me, Lord, with your spirit. You read his word, you grow, you meditate on his word, your mind gets changed, your heart gets changed, your spirit gets changed, and as you walk, and as you walk, and as you walk faithfully, trusting him, you grow, you grow, and you need to pray. And when you pray, this is the kind of thing you should be praying for. You should be praying for each other. Paul was praying for other people for this. You should pray for each other. You should pray for yourself. Lord, I want to know. I want to experience this power that raised Jesus from the dead. Don't just go to church on Easter and sing a few hymns. Listen, Lord, I want to experience day by day the power that's behind what happened on that first morning that Jesus rose from the dead. And pray that for each other as brothers and sisters in Christ. That's power that'll bring you through a crisis. That's power that'll carry you through your life. That's power that'll carry you all the way to the grave. That's power that will carry you all the way to the presence of the Lord. Joy. Peace. In his presence. Put your faith in Christ. Jesus died for your sins. You have no chance to justify yourself with your life before God. 
This is not like God's going to say, okay, tell me what you did. There's no good works that you can do to impress God. Every one of us has broken his laws. We've gone through our lives and we've sinned. We're unholy in ourselves. We deserve his judgment. That judgment that we deserve, listen, Jesus received it when he died on the cross. And then he conquered death's power when he rose from the dead. If you put your faith in Christ, God will wash all of your sins away. He himself, the Holy Spirit, will come into you. And you can begin to live and to walk in a relationship with him. Experience and know his power day by day. And have complete freedom from the fear of death. Though he may die, yet he shall live. Says the one who himself rose from the dead. Our dear Lord Jesus, hallelujah, praise your holy name that you defeated sin and you conquered death. Lord, my prayer is that for everyone who's listening to this, that if they don't have faith yet in you, that you would bring them to faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And for everyone who's listening to this, who is your child, may they be strengthened and know the power of your resurrection. Thank you, Lord, that we can be gathered here today. Thank you for your triumph over death and the assurance you give to those who trust in you. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amy's going to come back up here and we're going to sing one more song.